Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. But there needs to be certain key scriptures that you know by heart. If you have to write them down, if you have to put them on your desktop on your computer, write them down and put them on your, uh, if you put them on your bathroom mirror, if you make index flashcards, whatever you got to do, when panic strikes, when the devil hits you in that same area again, and when you feel like you are sinking, you're going to have to reach back and pull on the Word of God. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us to gather around your word. Lord, we pray today that you would speak to us by your spirit. If there was ever a time that we needed to hear your voice, it's now. If there was ever a time that we need to feel your presence, it's now in this hour. We thank you for giving us ears to hear and a heart to respond. In Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. You are the teacher. We ask you to teach us, lead us in the word. Let us know what the Father is saying. Reveal the Father's heart to us. Reveal Jesus. Show Jesus to us. Manifest Jesus that we may walk like him and be like him in all areas of life. We acknowledge you and we thank you for your precious blood, for the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus is our Passover lamb. And because of his sacrifice, we are safe and secure. I pray, Lord, for those that are gathered in this congregation today and for those that are watching right now online all around the world and those that are listening, Lord, I cover them with the precious blood of Jesus. And we declare, Lord, that we are safe and sound. You are our Passover lamb, and we are safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome all of you officially this morning. Welcome, Kingdom Rock. Welcome, welcome. And welcome to our online community. Welcome wherever you, all, wherever you are from all around the world. Kingdom Rock, can we put our hands together and bless our online community? Bless you guys. Wherever you are all around the world, we celebrate you. We thank you for joining us today. And we know that God has a word for you. So thanks for watching today. All right. Oh, and when you guys get a chance, make sure you connect with us on our website at kingdomrock.org. Click on the contact button and leave us a note there. We would love to hear from you and let us know where you're uh, viewing and watching from so that we can uh, pray with you. All right. I want to pray with you. All right. Well, um, this week, the Lord really dealt with me about going into a new series. The last series we were just in was entitled Rise of the Sons of God, Rise of the Sons of God. So that series ended, I think, with 11 messages in it, maybe 10 or 11, I think, I think, or was it eight? I've forgotten. It's that quick. But if you haven't heard the series, go back and do it because it's, it's a preamble, I think I can say that, to this series that we're in now. This series is entitled Get Up. And that's the word that God has given me to give to you today in this hour. Get up. Get up. Get up. He wants the body to get up. Get up. Wake up. Sit up. Stand up. And speak up get up. So I pray that you have ears to hear and a heart to respond today. All right, we're going to also go with the last series, Confession. I didn't uh, put it on the screen for you, but you can just uh, read along with me. 
And uh, before, we, before we get into that confession, I want to definitely tell you, uh, remind you of the hour that you're living in now. If there was ever a time for you to play around, that door is closed. Seriously closed. It is time for the body. If you're not serious, my God, it's time for you to get serious about the Lord. Hallelujah. People are leaving this world at an alarming rate. And not everybody is leaving because of COVID-19. There are other reasons why people are dying. It seems like they're dying, leaving this world by the droves. Uh, so it is, in, it is incumbent upon us. I mean, it is a must for you to seek the face of God and cover your families in prayer daily. Cover your families in prayer daily. Hallelujah. You're living in a time as well that should the Lord tarry, shall he delay his coming, the mark of the beast is soon. Uh, it is coming fast. Uh, we're quickly moving in the United States of America, at least. We're quickly moving to a cashless society I believe it is a, also a global thing as well. Just um, in the last few weeks, they told us that the Federal Reserves was out of coins. And they've been telling us that uh, don't use paper money because they say it's dirty. It may have COVID-19 virus on it, so don't use that. So they're quickly trying to herd us into being a cashless society. Once we are fully a cashless society, there's only one more step to taking some sort of mark uh, that will, unless you have that mark, you won't be able to buy or sell. But it is our belief that before that time comes, before the time of tribulation comes, that the Lord Jesus will rapture his church, take us, take us out of here. But prior to the rapture of the church, we know that the Lord wants us to rise and he's going to equip us to rise with power as a witness, as a sign and a wonder to the goodness of Jesus, to who he really is, that God really is good. And I believe that there will be a, an end-time revival that will shake the world as the, the world begins to see the real Christ, as Jesus begins to stand up in his body, as he stands up in his body uh, through media, as he stands up in his body through person to person, uh, through your social media, or through your phone calls, or through your talking, through your prayers. God will give you a word to share with them. And that word will be like fire that is shut up in your bones. In this hour, it is not so much your ability that God is looking at, but your availability. It is his grace that will make up the difference. So I pray that you hear me and just stay in position for the Holy Spirit to use you. Because after that time, I believe the Lord will rapture the church and take us on. As, a, as witnessed there in the parable of the virgins in Matthew 25. So there will be a time that the saints will walk in light, that we will get up and we will walk in light and God will use his church vigorously, vigorously throughout the earth and signs and wonders will follow. Praise God. So just be ready. As the Lord says, be ready. Amen. All right. This series, we're going to go with the same confession we went with on last series, so you can just listen or you can repeat along with me. And it goes like this. I am a born-again believer. I choose to be a disciple, a devoted follower of Christ. Therefore, I live in his power and authority. I choose to walk in, with, and through the Holy Spirit 
to manifest Father's purposes and plans in the earth. I am covered by the blood of Jesus, surrounded by holy angels, and the atmosphere of heaven fills every space I occupy. I am a son of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. All right. This is a part of our confession. And again, you need to make daily confessions, confessing the word of God over your life every single day, confessing the word of God over your family every single day. When fear strikes, hear me, when fear strikes, there needs to be a response. You're going to have to respond with the word of God. When fear strikes, panic strikes, when they say virus, 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 death, 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 and you feel fear coming, knocking on your door, you respond with the word of God. One good scripture, of course, to respond with is uh, Psalm 91, the verse that says, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. You living in the time that you're going to have to know the word. Hear me. You're going to have to know the word. And you're going to have to hide the word of God in your heart. David said, the Lord, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm not telling you that you're going to have to memorize the whole Bible although that's a great thing to do, praise God, and I pray that you can do it through the grace of God. But there needs to be certain key scriptures that you know by heart. If you have to write them down, if you have to put them on your desktop on your computer, write them down and put them on your, uh, if you put them on your bathroom mirror, if you make index flashcards, whatever you got to do when panic strikes, when the devil hits you in that same area again, and when you feel like you are sinking, you're going to have to reach back and pull on the word of God. Pull on the word of God because you will not find comfort in this world. And you surely, surely will not find comfort on the news. You're going to have to find comfort in the word of God. You will not always find comfort uh, in a person because people, although they are well-meaning and they're great people upon this planet, they're not like God in that they can be with you 24 hours, seven days a week. They may not always be available by phone or by text or by email. They may not always be in your presence. When something happens, you're going to have to pull on the only firm foundation you have, pulling on Jesus, pulling on his word. So I urge you with all that is within me, find the scripture that relates to that area in your life. Find that scripture. Whatever, how the enemy is using, whatever he's using against you, you're going to have to find the scripture where it says it is written. It is written. This is how you're going to come back uh, from the enemy's taunts. It is written. If he comes back at you with virus, declare it is written. It is written. This sickness is not unto death, but unto the glory of God. It is written by his stripes. I am healed. It is written. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, a very present help in time of trouble. It is written. I will not receive that. It is written. I will not believe the enemy's report. I will believe the, the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. It is written. It is written. 
You're going to have to come back at the enemy with what is written. But now is not a time to play. You're going to have to know it. Get in the word and know it. Hallelujah. All right. Now let's look at this. We're going to look at scripture uh, starting in Romans 8, verses 1 through 8. Romans 8, verses 1 through 8. And I pray that you are taking copious notes. I pray that you are listening if you don't get it all today, I pray that you will get the word again and hear it again. It's made available for free online and also uh, CDs when available. Please make yourself availed to the word of God. Today you will hear the word of God for the people of God. Romans 8 verses 1 through 8 reads like this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh for the right Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, I cannot tell you how important these scriptures are in this hour, and that you receive the revelation of the things that God is saying. I'm going to break some things down today by the Spirit, but I'm also going to implore you that you would go back and read these scriptures again, and you ask the Spirit to give you more understanding as it relates to you. Notice how the verse says in verse number 1, there in Romans 8 and 1, notice it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Notice the word, therefore. There is therefore. There is therefore. Now, of course, we're always going to have to go back. When we see the word therefore, we're going to have to know what the there is for, what the therefore is therefore. Does that make sense? we got to know what it is. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, Right? He said, there is, there is therefore now no condemnation. So to get the full meaning of that, we're going to have to go back to, into previous chapters. But directly, we're going back into chapter number seven, because you'll find out that the entire book of Romans has to do with law and grace, law and grace. So as he talk, talks about us um, being not under condemnation, he talks about being in grace, because there's only one way that you will not be condemned, and that is that you receive the grace of God that was poured out for you. And this is something that has to be done on a daily basis. 
But let me show you some things here in Romans 7. Let's look at a few verses here, verses 1 through 6. I'll read. And this will give you the flavor, again, of what's taking place in Romans 8. Romans 7, verse 1 says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion, control, or dominance over a man as long as he liveth. Listen to this example. I love this. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. That's the law of marriage, right? Woman is bound to him as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. You see that? Verse 3. So then, if while her husband lives, liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. We believe that, right? If you're married, she's married to one man, and she decides to go marry another man, she's definitely an adulteress. Isn't that right? But it says, but if her husband be dead, she is what? She is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Correct? What separates, what breaks that law, what, what breaks that law of marriage? That's death, right? Look at verse number four. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Say it with me. I have become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Listen, it says that, that ye should be married to another. Oh, we're married to another. Who is this? Even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Hallelujah. With that marriage to the law has been dissolved. It has been broken. In this case, the law did not die. It is still alive and well. But we died to the law because Jesus, uh, because we died with Christ and were resurrected with him. Hallelujah. So the power of the law has been broken. We are no longer together. Hallelujah. And we're married to another. Remember, as we talked about in uh, Matthew 25, about the 10 virgins, how the power, of, the power of that was that Jesus is espoused or engaged to the church. We're married to another. That is Christ. We're in the body of Christ now. So the law no longer has power over us. What's the big deal about that? We're going to see. Let's look on down to verse number five. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins... One more time, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Verse 6, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So, because we have died to the law, law no longer has power over us, or we can say it this way, by the law is the knowledge of sin, and we'll see this. If you look in your mirror, let's give this example. If you look in your mirror, 
Let me give you an example between law and grace. If you look in your mirror and you notice you just had a nice big uh, pot of collard greens. How about that? A nice, nice big pot of spinach. Mm-mm-mm. With some nice butter on it and all that stuff. Some good, 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 good stuff. And you get it from the table, you go to the restroom, and you look in the mirror, and you see you got a big glob of green right there between your teeth. The mirror shows you your imperfections. The mirror shows you the standard. You see that it's done. You see that you have this glob in your teeth. Now, the mirror does not have the power to change your teeth. It simply shows you that you got a big hunk of green stuff between your teeth. The mirror is like the law. The law shows you where you have fallen. The law, law shows you you are adulterous, you are fornicated, you are, you have sinned, uh, you have lied, you have cheated, so forth and so on. The law tells you the law is God's standard. It's his rod. And we don't come up short, or rather we always come up short to his glorious standard. If the standard were, would be the, um, the, the sky, the Lord said, if you want to measure up to my holiness, you're going to have to be as tall as the sky. Well, that's pretty much what it is, as tall as the moon. Well, Lord, we, we're all, we all fall short of his standard. So again, the mirror shows you, the mirror of the law shows you the sin, but it is powerless to help you to take it out of your teeth. Are you hearing? Grace shows you, the law shows you the sin, and grace helps you remove it. Grace is like God's toothbrush. And he says, here, put a little Jesus on that and scrub your teeth, and it comes out. Right? So the law and grace, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. We were meant to look into the law and see our faults and failures and then reach back for our toothbrush, reach back for Jesus, reach to him, look for him. He would be the one that would save us from our sins. Got it? But there are, there are a number of people that choose to stay under law and look at their failures. And the, it, as long as you are under law, law looks at you. Remember that. Law always looks at you and tells you that you have come up short and that you are not good enough. So those that stay under the law, they are forced to constantly perform to try to be good enough, try to do good enough, trying to measure up to God's standard. So the person that stands in the mirror with the collard greens or spinach in their, uh, their teeth, they try their best to look better. So they may put on some lipstick to help cover that up. They may even put on a mask to help cover it up, but it's still there. It's our efforts. All we can do is help cover it up. We may put some mouthwash, gargle with some mouthwash to help make our breath smell better. We may do all these crazy things, but there's only one way to remove the stain, and that is the grace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. So we're never meant to freak out in the mirror. Oh, God, look at me. We're meant to, okay, Father, I see the situation. I've sinned. I see the error. I see the mistake. Now, I receive your grace to wash it all away. Got it? So let's look at this again. Uh, 
Verse 6 says one more time, but now we are delivered from the law. That is, we've seen it. We know we've messed up. We know we have fallen short. And we have now died to that standard. Let me give you, I talked about you, if um, the standard was the moon, and you're only six feet or maybe seven feet tall. Oh, how about you 11 feet tall? But you're still miles and miles and miles uh, beneath where you should be. With grace, Jesus says, come here, sit on my shoulders. We sit on his shoulders, and because of his sacrifice, we're well above the moon, man. We're out of the Milky Way galaxy. We're out of the galaxy. He far surpasses the standard. Hallelujah. So the Lord says, here, stand on my shoulders. And the benefit that you would have been giving, that you would have received, or the reward that you would have received by keeping the law, Jesus said, I give to you by putting your faith and trust in me. The law, again, is a system of do's and don'ts. It's where you had to perform in order to receive rewards. You had to perform in order to receive rewards. And this is what we look at. We say, if I pray hard enough, if I study hard enough, then God will hear me. If I come to church enough, if I give my tithe enough, if I am good enough, then God will hear me. And if that is your mindset, let me tell you, you are under the system of law, which means you are expecting God to reward you for your good works. But as long as you're under the system of law, if, you're, if you are to be rewarded for your good works, then you will also be condemned for your bad works. And listen, you will never do enough good to receive God's best for you while you're under law. That's why God didn't want you to enter into heaven based on your works. At least anybody should boast. He wants you to enter into his grace and favor through believing in Jesus. Now, I want to go a little bit further. There are two other laws that I need you to know that you will need to know in these days. We'll find these here also in the book of uh, Romans, the seventh chapter. Now, understand something first. A law is something that is immovable and cannot be changed. It is a rule or a standard of life. For example, the, uh, for example, the law of gravity. A law cannot be broken, but it can be superseded by a higher law. It can be overwritten by a higher law. Jesus walked on the water. Of course, we know that unless there is a higher law, and that was, I'm sure, the law of faith in operation with the Lord. Without the law of faith in operation, when you and I stand on the water, we're going to do what? We're going to fall straight down because the law of gravity kicks in, right? It's a law. It's going to happen every time. You step on the water 100 times, 100 out of 100 times, you're going to fall straight down. You, you step off the side of the building, 100 out of 100 times, you're going to fall straight down unless there is a higher law in place that will prevent the first law from operating. Got it? So Jesus, Jesus was able to walk on the water because there was a higher law, the law of faith. And now the Lord tells us about the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. He says this in Romans 8 chapter, law of sin of death. Uh, you sin, you die. The law of sin and death. You sin, you die. But there is a higher law that supersedes the law of sin and death, and that is the law of the Spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. 
It is this law that makes you free, that breaks the dominion and control of the law of sin and death. Got me? There are laws that you cannot change. They are immovable. That can only be broken by a higher law. When you operate in a higher law, you will be freed from the lower one. Got it? So Romans 7, here are two laws I want you to see here that will keep you in these days. Romans 7, verse 20, it says, Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let me read that one more time. Now, if I do that, I would not, or if I do something I don't want to do, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, I want you to see here is that God views you separately from your sin, from the sin that you commit. He says, if I do something that I don't want to do, it's not me that's doing it, but it's sin. There's an invisible force that's still at work in your flesh that is empowered by law. And we're going to see this in the Word of God, especially there in Romans 8 chapter, that as long as you are under law or looking at yourself, thinking that you're not good enough, you haven't done enough, you haven't prayed enough, um, and some of the keys of some of the ways that you will know that if you're on the law, especially if you have this negative self-talk that says, well, God won't hear me because this and that, because I sinned or because I haven't done that. All those are key signs that some part of your life is under the, the constraints of law. And when you're under the constraints of law, sin is inevitable. It's going to happen. But as long as we abide under the grace of God and continue to abide under his grace, you'll understand that you will be separate from the sin. The sin is not you and you are not the sin. That was something that happened, something that you did, but that is not who you are. You are a child of God. You are a son of God, as the Bible says there as well, as we'll see here. A child of God, a son of God, an offspring of God. God, you are a holy one. You are a saint, which means a holy one, a one that is set aside for God's use. You must see yourself the way the Father sees you, is that you are alive in Christ Jesus, that you are hidden in Christ that uh, you were seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God, and that does not change. That does not change in accordance with your in accordance with sin. You you say you sinned last night, but that is not what that's not who you are. That is simply what you did. The Bible says here it says again in Romans seven twenty. It says, "Now if I do that, I would not. It is no longer I that do it." but sin that dwelleth in me. As long as we abide under the law and do not see ourselves as who we really are, these things will continue to creep up within us. But when we set our affections on Christ, when we look for him, when we look to his example, when we see ourselves, one man would say, if we believe right, then we'll act right. If we believe 
if, we, if our mind is set in motion with the thoughts of Christ, then the body will follow. But if our mind, if inwardly you are condemning yourself and others are condemning you, saying you're this, that, and the other, and you take this in, and take this in, you begin to act that same way. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as we set our mind, set our affections on things that are above, as we set ourselves on receiving God's grace and walking in his grace, you will find out that the control of sin, control of law will diminish less. It will be less and less and less of a hold on your life and you begin to walk like Christ in the earth. And this is what he's raising up right now. Listen to verse 21. He says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Notice that again. I find that a law. I find then a law. What's the law? That when I would do good, evil is present with me. Listen to this. When you do good, evil is going to be present. When you attempt to do good, evil is going to be present. That does not mean that the evil will overcome you, but he's saying, be aware of it. It's a law, just like the law of gravity. It's a law. It's going to happen. You want to help someone? There'll be someone around somewhere that will say something about it. You want to do something? You want to abstain from something? When you want to abstain from something, not do something, evil is present trying to tempt you to do it. When you would do good, evil would be present. Much like here as I'm giving the word of God today among you, as I am doing good, giving the word of God, evil is present telling me, oh, they're not hearing you. Nobody's hearing you. Nobody listening to the word of God. Folk don't want to hear that these days. Yes, the, as we're doing good, evil is present, but we bind that in Jesus' name and declare that it will have no effect on the good that is going forth. The law is, if you're going to have one, you will have the other. If you will serve food in the food bank, there will be evil present somewhere, but you will overcome the evil with good. You have to be aware of that. Have to be aware of that and not be caught off guard. So anytime you do good, you make sure you have the whole arm of God on and know that if you do one, the other will be present. There's always a negative present with the positive. Even uh, on a global level, this planet, this planet swings or it spins on a positive and negative poles, north and south poles. In order for a battery to work, it must have a positive and negative terminal. You will have the both together. It is a law. It is a law, and it will happen every time unless there is a higher law in activation. Are you hearing? So don't be um, dis dissuaded by that. Don't be dissuaded by that. Bless you. Don't be dissuaded by that. Now, let's go back in Romans 8, and we're going to conclude here today. Romans 8, verse number 1 says again, we're going to get to the entire, possibly the entirety of Romans 8, but today we'll look at this. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now listen, there are two ways that you can walk. 
You can walk after, the word walk there denotes a lifestyle, living. You can live after the flesh, after your carnal desires, and really here it's talking about you can walk after the things that you can feel, touch, taste, smell. You can walk after law, or you can walk after the spirit. Those are two ways that you can live. You can walk after the law, or you can walk after the spirit. You can walk after flesh, or you can walk after the Holy Spirit. Walking in the spirit is walking by faith. Even though you don't think you're righteous, you don't feel you're righteous, but you believe what God said. Lord, I know that I'm righteous because it is by the blood of Jesus that was shed on my behalf that has made me righteous in your sight and in your presence. I know you hear my prayers, not because I have prayed enough or because I have fasted enough or because I have studied enough or because I've been good enough, that all that's under law. But I know you hear my prayers because I am your child, because I believe in Jesus and his precious blood has washed my sins away. And I am now made one in Christ Jesus. I am, I am yours and you are mine by virtue of the finished work of Jesus Christ. You can choose to walk by flesh, to walk by what you see, to walk by how you live, or you can walk by faith, walk in the spirit, the intangible, believing what God said about you, believing who he said you are. Yes, yes. This is how you can choose to live. If you live by flesh, you will find yourself condemned because you will never be good enough for you. You will never do enough good for you. You will always know that you come up short. Nobody has to tell you. You'll always know that your life comes up short and you can't do good enough no matter how much you try. Well, you may go on streaks for a while. You may you say, well, I haven't done this in a while, so hey, I'm good. But hey, the next few days come along, then you find yourself doing it again. And now you say you're bad. Now your life goes on a roller coaster. This week you think God has heard you because you're, you've been good. But next week you say God doesn't hear you because you've been bad. God does not want you to be on that roller coaster. He wants you to always focus on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you and where you are. You are in Christ Jesus. You are seated in Christ at the right hand of God the Father. You are perfectly received, perfectly loved, perfectly accepted. As Jesus is accepted in the presence of God, so are you. As Jesus is accepted in the presence of God, so are you. Just as God loves Jesus, he loves you because you are in Christ Jesus. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see your, your flesh, rather. He doesn't see your sin. He sees you through Christ. He, this is a permanent fix. Once you were born again, you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are permanently in Christ. Permanently in Christ. Somebody says, what? So you mean if I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I can go out and do anything I want to? And God's going to receive me? I've heard that question so many times I could puke. But let me tell you, let me make, let's, let's try to make this record straight once again. First of all, if you have truly received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you won't want to go back out and do whatever. Amen. That's number one. Amen. If you can, quote unquote, say a prayer and then go out and live like the devil, you didn't receive Christ. Because a new nature sits inside. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. Yes, 
And because he's there on the inside of you, there's going to be this warring. There's going to be this tugging. There's going to be the spirit dealing with you, dealing with you and dealing with you. You can't go out and do that if you wanted to. Hallelujah. But if I could do that, if I could come out of the mud pit and I'm clean, washed clean by the blood of Jesus, if I could, if I could go out and go right back to the devil, oh my God, I don't even want to think about that. Because if, listen, if I would say, well, Lord, you, I received you as my Lord and Savior, but now it's all up to me to live right. That is a heresy. What you're doing now is trying to mix law and grace together. You, receive, you say, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You washed all my sins away, and I, I receive you by faith that you've done the work, and, and I thank you. Now it's up to me. I got to go out and live right and do right. What are we doing? You're saying, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, grace. But now you're saying you're going to live under the law. You say, I receive grace, but I will go back and make sure I do right. Make sure I pray. Make sure I study. Make sure I give. Make sure I do it. So you receive on one hand, but then you've nullified the work of Christ. Because now you purpose to live under law and not to believe what Jesus did. If you, live, if you believe right, you'll act right. You'll do right. Are you hearing so there are two ways that you can live. You can live by your flesh, live by the law, or you can live by the spirit. Those who, those who, um, those in Christ that, that walk or live after the flesh will find themselves under law and trying to perform and be under a, a system of reward. You are constantly being on a system of reward. You think if you do well enough, if you think if I do good, I'll get good. God will answer my prayers because I've been good. That is a system of law. God will hear me because I've been doing good. God will hear me because I've been doing it. Look, look, listen to what I said. God will hear me because I have been doing good. God will bless me because I paid my tithe. God will bless me because I went to church. God will bless me because I have done this. In other words, you're basing God's goodness or your salvation based solely on you. And when you point the finger to you, that talks about pride. And if you could have saved yourself, God would not have sent Christ to die for you. If the only time we acknowledge Christ is when we sin, God, forgive me, I've sinned. I messed up, Lord, I messed up. And then what you do, you go back and receive grace because it's an act of grace and mercy that God forgives you, that the Lord forgives you. And you receive his grace and mercy. And you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And now I'm going to go out and do my best not to do that again. And we slip right back into law. Instead of saying, Father, thank you for forgiving me. And Lord, I declare right now that uh, I am your son. I am your child. That is what I did, but that is not who I am. I am a holy one of God. I will declare your word. I will confess before you. And as I confess before you, you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me. And I receive your cleansing right now. And I identify myself not as a poor old wretched sinner, but I identify myself as a son of God, as a child of God. I am born again. I have your divine 
nature living on the inside of me. And because of that, I believe by faith that your spirit is leading me into truth. Every day I'm being led into truth and I will put my energy and my faith on following your word and not on following my flesh. I believe that you have perfected me. You have perfected me. I am perfected in Christ Jesus. And so I will walk in that manner. I will walk in that way and I will do what you commanded me to do. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You have to receive the grace of God by faith. And once you receive the grace of God by faith, your actions will follow. But if you live your life after the flesh, you will soon understand that you won't have prayer power. When God calls on you to pray for somebody, instantly you look back at yourself and you say, I'm not worthy to do this. I can't pray for you. I'm not worthy to do this. I haven't read my Bible. I haven't prayed. How can I pray for you? God, how can you use me? Don't you remember what I, what I did? And all of those eyes tell us again that you are living under law. But the Lord pulls on you to pray, and you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I received the opportunity to pray and to speak a word. Hallelujah. And I do this based on the knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me with his blood. I will minister. I will serve based on what Jesus has done for me with his blood. I am qualified to share in his inheritance based on what Jesus has done for me and not on what I have done for myself. Hallelujah. Jesus qualifies me. Jesus redeems me. Jesus sets me free. Not the work that I have done through me and for me. Does that make sense? You've got to see this. You've got to see this. So those who walk after the Spirit will experience, will experience new life in Christ Jesus. And God will use you in supernatural ways. And here's the thing. God will get the glory out of your life because you know that you don't deserve it. But you'll say, oh, by the grace of God, this happened. By the grace of God, he did this. By the grace of God. By the grace of God, he allowed me to speak a word. By the grace of God, we, re we, we released food. We gave out food. By the grace of God, we helped our community. Oh, it's by the grace of God. Oh, it's by the grace of God. And that's how we'll go through eternity. Oh, acknowledging the grace of God. Father, how great you are. How great you are. How wonderful you are. Because we know in ourselves that we cannot measure up to the standard. We know that we have to sit on the shoulders of the Lord. That he makes us high enough. He makes us wide enough, tall enough. He is our standard. And we receive him. We receive what he's done. Hallelujah. Now, on next time we come together. I want to show you how Jesus makes it very clear the difference between law and grace. And I want to show you by the Spirit an unholy mixture of how that throughout the years, throughout the hundreds of years, thousands of years that the church has been here, that people, that really the enemy has launched an attack to keep the body neutered to keep us impotent and powerless as well-meaning preachers, well-meaning teachers, well-meaning people, well-meaning, I'm sure, have tried to mix law and grace as a system of control. Well-meaning people, I'm sure. I'm sure well-meaning. But they said at the altar, 
Come to Jesus. Receive him as your Lord. Receive the grace of God today to wash away your sins. And in the very next breath, brother, you got to get that sin out of your life. Brother, sister, you got to get that sin out of your life. When the word of God already declares that God has condemned sin in the flesh, sin is not the issue. It's no longer the issue. But it is when a believer lives under law, law because law gives sin its power. Paul said, I had not known what, um, had not known what covetousness is or what envying is if it had not been for the law telling me this. This is why the Bible also calls the law the ministry of death because it, it shows you you. It shows you a reflection of you. And it's doing what it's supposed to do, showing you your sin, and sin leads to death. It shows you, you, so that you can call out for him. Because Jesus is the one that meets the standard. He's the one who makes you right before God. So this week, I pray next week we'll get into that, Lord willing. But this week you need to meditate on who you are in Christ and purpose, purposefully walk in spirit and not in flesh. When a temptation occurs, when you fall to sin, understand that as the Bible says here, that is what you did, but that is not who you are. You are separate from that. And continue to walk in the holiness that God's given to you, now, we're not going to manufacture holiness. Manufa man manufactured holiness is when you say, I live right, I don't do this, I don't do that. That's why I am holy. Listen, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't root, I don't toot, I don't this, I don't that. That's why I am holy. Listen, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. And when you say that inwardly, all you do is make yourself feel puffed up and proud. And you look at others with a haughty look. Hmm. You look down on them. Hmm. Hmm. Because you think that you've met some sort of standard. That is a perverted, hellish type of holiness that, is, that did not derive from God. But true holiness comes by faith in Jesus Christ. As the Spirit of God leads you day by day as you make your confession before him, true holiness is separation unto God that comes through believing in Christ and led by the Spirit. You can either be like the publican that said, Lord, hey, I thank, I, I thank you that I am not like this publican. I, I pay my tithes. I, I do this. I do that and be haughty, puffed up, and proud, and if I would say it, bust hell wide open. Or you can say like the other man, Lord, bless me. Bless me. I'm in need of your grace, and today I receive your grace in my life. I know I have fallen short, and I receive your grace. And then begin to declare who you are in Christ. I am your son. I am washed. I am redeemed. I am loose from every shackle and chain. I thank you, Lord. I identify now of being in Christ. 
Jesus is my Lord. His blood has washed my sins away. Jesus redeems me. He has set me free. By his blood, my sins have been remitted. They have been forgiven. And I am righteous before you right now because of what Jesus has done for me. I receive the finished works of Jesus in my life. I thank you, Lord, that you've begotten me by your spirit. And now I'm one with you. And I am also qualified to share in the inheritance with Christ because of what Jesus has done. I thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness and your tender mercy toward me and toward my family. I thank you, Lord, for making me one with you. I thank you, Lord God, that you look past my needs or the past my wants and needs. And, and Lord, you see who I really am. You look past my sin and you see who I really am. You love me from the very beginning and you have made me your own. And you sent your son to wash my sins away and to hang on that old cross and to, and to die and go into the lower parts of the earth for me and to be raised up the third day for me. And I am alive forevermore because he lives. I live. I give you praise today. So you can either this week see yourself, look at you, focus on you, or you can focus on Christ. Because the more you focus on Christ, the more you become like him. The more you behold Christ, the more you become like him. You will begin to mirror what you see. So last, that's the last point I'll make today. We say of our children, we tell them, don't hang around so-and-so. Don't do that. Because we see that those other children are acting lawlessly. They're acting criminally. They're acting, they're doing bad things. You don't want your child hanging around them because we know children are very impressionable. If they walk around limping like this, limping like that, after a while, your child will come home limping like that. Limping like that. If they wear their pants on the ground, and after a while, your child will walk around with their pants on the ground. Why? Because we begin to mirror and mimic what we see. All we're telling you is to look to Christ as your example. Study the life of Jesus. Look at the, leads, look at the letters uh, that are in red in the New Testament. Focus on Christ. As you look at him, you become like him. So, Father, we thank you for the worship you've given us today. And, Father, I pray that you breathe life into your people today. And they have received your word. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to deal with them throughout the week about who they are in you and how there's life in the spirit and not in the flesh. There's life in grace and not on the law. There is liberty in the spirit. And Father, I pray with all that's within me, Lord, that you would show them. Show them, Father. Show them. Make them hungry. Make them thirsty to learn and to know that they may be ready when that time comes. We bless you today, Father, and I thank you for our online community that's watching and listening right now. Lord, we pray your blessings upon them as well in their homes, driving down the road, wherever they are. Lord, we pray your blessings upon their, their lives and upon all those that are here today. Lord, I pray that you would keep them, that you would cover them, that you would keep them safe. I pray that heaven would smile upon them and Lord, I declare that you are Jesus. Lord, you are our Passover lamb. As written in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, that when destruction goes through, throughout the whole earth, when it went through the whole land of Egypt, those that ate the flesh of the lamb and drank the blood of the lamb, that their families were safe and secure. So Father, I pray over my friends that their families will be safe and secure. Cause all those that have an ear to hear what your spirit is saying. 
We love you, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys next time. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.